The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It's Missing Persons Week once again here on Dead Rabbit Radio. A whole week of the craziest stories. And you go, Jason, I know the ending to each one. They're still missing. Uh Uh-huh. Well, maybe some some of them are, but the other ones, who knows? Maybe we found them. It's that crazy of a week. First off, we travel to Helena, Montana, to look at a story straight out of the pages of Missing 411. A young girl vanishes in the middle of the woods. But this story has a creepy, perverted twist. You're like, Jason, I don't want to hear that. And then we take a look at the saga of four different men who vanished in plain sight. One of them was leaving a party. One of them went out to get a bucket of water. And then the other one was doing something else. And he also vanished. And there was another guy, I think, too. The point is, is that today's episode, this whole week is Vanishing Week, but today, (laughs) Missing People's Week, but today it's all missing people. And it's super spooky, and I hope you enjoy it. And this intro has gone off the rails, so let's start the show today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys had a great weekend. I hope you guys had lots of fun. And you guys heard the intro, it's Missing People's Week. All I found all these crazy stories. I didn't set out to do this, but I found all these crazy stories of people not only mysteriously vanishing, but people mysteriously being found. Which is not something that we often get. Sometimes sometimes they are found, but it's not very mysterious. They're like, oh, I was kidnapped and put in a basement for the longest time. I have stories about people who just, re- just magically reappeared. It's amazing. We have so many cool stories this week. But speaking of magically appearing in our lives, let's go ahead and give a round of applause to our newest Patreon supporter. Give it up for Goose Motion. Everyone clap your hands. Goose Motion waddles on into Dead Rabbit Command, shaking his little feathers. Goose Motion, you're going to be our captain or pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally understand. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. Now, Goose Motion, we're going to put a little little hat on your goose head. We're going to pick you up and put you in the Jason Jalopy. You are going to drive us all the way out to Helena, Montana. <laughs> This first story, it's a little rough. It's a little rough, but the second story is very whimsical. Now, I could have I could have told them in a different order. <laughs> I could have told them in an order that you could listen to the whimsical stuff and go, that was a fun episode, a fun Monday episode, Jason. <laughs> I'll just skip the second story. I did, I did consider that. But I figured, no, I'm going to do it this way. And um, hopefully... Hopefully you know where your fast forward button is. I want to give a shout out to Pingo1. Pingo1 is the one who brought this story to my attention, so thank you very much. I hadn't seen this before, their post. It's June 25th, 1983. And we're in the Elkhorn Mountain. 
So that's in the Helena National Forest near Helena, Montana. It's 4 p.m. Sunbeams shining down from the sky. Look how fast I can run. No, I can run faster. These kids are playing a game. Apparently they're having a race. And it's just a fun family picnic. Everyone's just hanging out, laughing, debating who who has the fastest children. And at this picnic is Nyleen K. Marshall. She's a four-year-old girl. She's kind of waddling behind these other kids. They're down by Moppin Creek. And the kids, oh, look at these berries, man. I can eat more more of these berries than you can. It's a very, very competitive family. And at one point, they see little Nyleen kind of waddling behind them. The way a four-year-old walks. And they're just playing around. And as these cases often happen, not much time goes by. And they turn around and Nyleen is no longer on the trail. And then the search begins, right? They contact the authorities. The police come out. The FBI gets involved at a certain time. Friends and family and volunteers from their church are all combing the area looking for Nyleen. Can't find her anywhere. She has vanished. In this type of situation, you're praying for the best that she reappears. Magically, mysteriously, or not, you just want her to show back up. And then the worst case scenario is that she fell off a cliff, was eaten by a bobcat, fell into a mine shaft. But that's not really the worst case scenario. We like to think that's the worst case scenario, but it's not. Because we all know the worst case scenario is that somebody abducted her. On November 27, 1985, so two years later, the National Missing and Unidentified Person System receives a phone call from a man who says that he has Nyleen, and she's still alive. January 1986, typewritten letters begin to be sent to law enforcement agencies. This letter says that I have Nyleen. Now, the full context of the letters have never been released. We have excerpts, and we'll get to those in a second, but they don't want to release the whole thing because there's information they know only the kidnapper would know. What we do know from these letters is that they came from Wisconsin, and more phone calls began to be made from uh, payphones in Wisconsin. So the police are flooding the area around here. We're talking to Madison, Wisconsin, Edgerton, Wisconsin, to try to find Nyleen. There's a sighting of a girl that matches her description in Janesville, Wisconsin, but they were never able to verify that that was Nyleen. In 1990, there was a guy watching Unsolved Mysteries, one of the best shows ever made. And he goes, he's watching it, and he's eating his Cheerios, and he goes, whoa, 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 wait, wait, what? I know Nyleen. Not know Nyleen when she was four, I went to school with her, like in elementary school. So he calls up the hotline they have on Unsolved Mysteries, and he goes, I'm pretty sure I know this girl. I'm pretty sure I went to school with this kidnapped girl, Nyleen. And now, here's the, it's really interesting. Unsolved Mysteries, they get tons of tips, tons of phone calls. You gotta sort through all of them. And a lot of them are fake, but you do have to sort through all of them. And this is one where the police probably got this tip. I mean, it's seven years after the kidnapping. Do you really expect this to be true? I'm sure they're getting all sorts of calls from psychics and people be like, oh, I saw her. She was with Elvis and Bigfoot and like crank calls and all sorts of things. But the police go and they investigate this. I believe this was in the Pacific Northwest. 
they go out to investigate this sighting of Nyleen from, like, elementary school. They go out, and they start knocking on doors, and they found a missing girl. Not Nyleen, oddly enough. They found a girl named Monica Benilla. She'd been kidnapped by her non-custodial father eight years ago, even before Nyleen went missing. Looked like Nyleen. Acted weird, acted like you would expect a kidnapped kid to act. I don't know how kidnapped kids act, but I, I, I'm sure there's something a little off about them. I don't know if you're, if you're a kidnapped kid, I'm sorry if I discriminated against you. But my point is, is that so that did solve that mystery. They have now been reunited, the mother and the daughter. In 1997, New Orleans, there's a nurse watching reruns of Unsolved Mysteries. Greatest show ever made. She calls police. Now, you know that they've been getting phone calls this whole time. And it's good. How many just false leads? Good-hearted people, but false leads. This nurse tells this story. One day, she's working in the hospital. And a woman named Helena comes in. She's with an unidentified older man. And she comes in to give birth. And it is typical hospital policy to ask simple questions like, who are you? Can I see some ID? What are your medical records? Is there anything we need to know about? And the couple gets kind of weird. They get kind of cagey. And they leave. This woman's trying to give birth. And they leave the hospital. And that nurse thought about that story and thought it was so weird. And then she goes, wait a second. Nyleen was kidnapped from Helena Mountains. That maybe it's a connection. Maybe she's using that as a fake name. She calls the tip line of through Unsolved Mysteries. And the FBI, they pass it to the FBI. The police are like, oh man, we're so tired of falling up these leads. The FBI looks into this one. They track down this pregnant woman. Very, very good at their job, the FBI. They track down this pregnant woman that this nurse met a single time. They track her down and they go, so listen, someone thinks that you're a missing girl named Nyleen. And she goes, no, 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 my name is Helena, but my mom's name was Nyleen. I think. She goes, I don't remember my mom's name. At this point, you think they're at the end of the road. What do you mean? You're named after the mountains where a girl named Nyleen disappeared. You happen to know someone named Nyleen, you think. You don't know your mom's name? FBI agents don't even know how to process this. What are the ch- what are the chances that this girl even knows someone named Nyleen? Let alone now she's saying she doesn't know her mom's name. So they are like, let's just get a blood t- let's just get a blood test so we can end this whole thing. So they take some of Helena's blood, and then they get some blood from Nyleen's father. She is not Nyleen. What's interesting about this is that you would prefer to test the mother's blood. Because the fact of the matter is, Nyleen, women cheat, men cheat, right? That just happens. It's unfortunate, but it happens. But there's always a chance that he was not the real father of Nyleen. That she had an affair or something like that. You always want to test the mother's blood, just to be sure. And I'm sure the FBI agents even knew that. So you would want to test the mother's blood. Why can't they test the mother's blood? She was murdered in Mexico in 1995. 
weird, such a bizarre story. And when I looked, I was immediately intrigued about that. Oh, we haven't even gotten to the letter yet. We haven't even gotten to the letter yet. I'm going to go into that in a second. But at the end of the story, when you read about this, it always says the mother was murdered in Mexico in 1995. And I'm like, what? What? And there's no details on that. There's no details on that. Was it a, just a random murder? Was it a hit? Was she involved in some sort of cartel activity? Who knows? Who knows? We don't know. But I would say, I, I'm sure that law enforcement always would prefer to test the blood or the DNA of the mother. Because then he could totally rule it out. It's possible that that wasn't, that Nyleen was never his daughter. I'm not saying that that's the case. This woman may not have been Nyleen, but it's very weird that she doesn't know her mother's name. She thinks it was Nyleen. It's a very, very weird story all around. And we haven't even gotten to the letter yet. So at this point, we're in the year 2021. We still don't know where she's at. She's still missing. And the reason why, I mean, obviously there's two things going on. The FBI wants to find missing kids. Everyone wants to find missing kids. But this letter that they received made things far more alarming. I'm sure there are people who kidnap kids. There was that movie I watched a long time ago called Slender Man or Tall Man with Jessica Biel. And the whole plot of the movie was rich people. They send this tall guy out who's dressed like Slender Man to break into poor people's houses to steal their pretty young children and take them to rich people's houses. And you're like, ew, gross. And then they just like taught them manners. And had them become like young debutantes of society. It's like, what? They, it was nothing sexual. They just, they just wanted attractive kids to carry on their attractive lifestyle. Um, and raise them right. They, the whole movie was, sorry, spoiler alert. You're like watching it right now. You're like, dang it, Jason. That was the premise. It was nothing sexual. They just wanted to give them a better life. And that's still creepy, right? Because you're still kidnapping people. But it's better than what... That, 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 that fictional account is better than what I'm about to tell you in real life. So here we go. Here's this letter. He keeps calling her Kay. Here's the first part of the letter. I picked Kay up on the road in the Elkhorn Park area between Helena and Boulder. She was crying and frightened, and as I held her, she was shaking, and I decided that I would keep her and love her. I took her home with me. I have a nice investment income, and I can work at home, so I care for her myself all the time. I teach her at home, and she likes to go with me when I travel. Her hair is short and curly now, and she's really grown. She's about 45 inches and around 50 pounds. She has all four of her permanent upper and two of her lower incisors at this time. She takes a bath and brushes her teeth every day. She eats well. Her favorite meal is pizza and cherry. Okay, I'm going to assume, for whatever reason, they edited out Cherry Coke. Maybe they didn't want to do an advertisement for this creepo. The Coke company's like, uh-uh, uh-uh. We do not want to be associated with this. It's her favorite meal is not pizza and cherries. Because <laughs> that's disgusting. Um, <laughs> being kidnapped is pretty gross, too, right? I'm, like, telling that kid, I'm like, gross. Ew, you like pizza and cherries? She's like, please help me. 
No, the cherry is also capitalized. So I think they cut out Coke. I think the FBI was like, no, we have a big sponsorship deal with them. They provide us with free soda. So we can, we can never mention Coke. Coca-Cola products, write none of it in ransom letters. This is the second part of the excerpt. Coca-Cola, I'm just trying not to go on more about Coca-Cola. Here's the letter excerpt. I have to get the laughs in now because it's this is gross. And it starts off rough. I give her medicine from the bathroom every morning. It is actually a spoonful of my semen. It doesn't affect her physically. I have never molested her in any other way. She is a sweet little girl, and it is because of how much I've grown to love her that I realize how much her family must miss her. But she has adjusted and seems happy. She trusts me, and she isn't afraid. We play a lot. And she laughs when we clown around. She smiles and acts coy when I tease her. She giggles when we snuggle and hugs me sometimes for no apparent reason. I love her and I have her. I just can't let her go. Could you imagine getting that letter about your kid? That's horrifying. Horrifying. Because I don't know this girl and it's gross. It's hard to even read at a certain point. Absolutely insane. And she's never been found. She's never, ever been found. Horrifying story about a young girl who went missing. And what a terrifying way to start off Missing Persons Week. Let's go go ahead and move on to our next story. I have no real segue from that. It's just creepy. But I do, I will say this, and we're running out of time, but I do want to say this real quick. It is amazing how this story saved another girl. And even the family said, listen, we were hopeful that it was Nyleen, but the fact that another family was reunited means so much to us. Really, really means so much to us. So that's an interesting side note on that one. Okay, we have more missing people coverage to talk about. So let's see how we can squeeze all of this missing goodness in. Goose motion. I'm going to go ahead and touch the keys to the carpenter copter. We are leaving behind Helena, Montana. We are headed all the way out to an insane asylum. Pick a one. Pick any one of them, Goose Motion. Any insane asylum. You're like, Jason, I don't even call them that anymore. Yeah, well, I'm a boomer. And and we still call them insane asylums where I come from. I don't have time to tell the other missing story that I talked about. The super interesting one that I said. You're going to have to listen to this horrible story about this kid before you get to. But this story is also equally fascinating. And more importantly, takes less time to talk about. This story is recommended to me by Weiselhorn on the Patreon Discord. So thank you very much, Weiselhorn or Weiselhorn, maybe? But thank you so much for sending this my way. We're headed to this insane asylum because what he turned me on to was a shared delusion. Because he was talking about, you recently did an episode where reality is basically consensus. It was like in the past week or two. I don't remember what the episode was. Reality is consensus and what happens if a lot of people agree on something that's not true. If a majority of people agree on something that's not true, does reality shift? It's kind of where we were at the last week on the show. And he sent this to me. There actually is, this is so fascinating to me, there is a thing known as folly adieu, which means delusion, uh, a folly of two, and then it goes on. They have folly and family, 
which is um, family. Family believes something crazy. And then the folly a plusio, which is madness of several. They should call it madness of many. That would be a dope, like, heavy metal album. Madness of many. But anyways, <laughs> they're not trying to name heavy metal albums. They're trying to cure psychotic diseases, trying to help people. But they should make them sound cooler. And it's funny because he sent me this and I'm looking at this. And at the same time, I was reading an article from the BBC called The Moment QAnon. There goes my YouTube channel. Getting banned again. The Moment QAnon took the person I love most. And I read that article and and I often go to the subreddit called QAnon Casualties. And what they do, it might be, might be the funniest subreddit. It might be the funniest subreddit on Reddit right now. QAnon Casualties is this is this subreddit where people... I gotta read you some of these headlines. These are absolutely hilarious. QAnon Casualties is a subreddit where people talk about their friends and family who have started following QAnon beliefs, and they're like, I don't know what's going on. And it's hilarious. So... <laughs> It's so funny. I would love to know these people. I all of these all of these interactions sound so fascinating and they're complaining about them. They're complaining about them. I would love to like one day just walk into a dinner party and there's like two people sitting there like an aunt and a nephew and the nephew is just, you know, like trying to eat steak and the aunt is going on about the craziest conspiracy theories and the nephew's like i've had enough i would just sit there and soak all of that energy in it'd be hilarious let me read you some of these q on casualty headlines here a uh, quote my q mom so a mom who believes in q thinks i support cannibalism <laughs> that'd be hilarious I would love, I would love if I was talking to my mom and she goes, I'm like, can we watch something else? And she goes, Jason, the only reason why you want to watch something else is because you're a cannibal. I was like, what? What? No, I'm not. I'm not a cannibal. I'd be hilarious. Um, yeah, here's another one. <laughs> this, would be, this would be fantastic. Why are these people complaining? Quote, my dad told <laughs> I would love this. I love my dad, but my dad would be 50% cooler if he believed this. My dad told me he can now detect me via Bluetooth. (laughs) He can now detect me via Bluetooth on his phone since I was vaccinated. Because the vaccine has 5G particles or something in it. So I read this one and this kid says, I'm walking around my dad's house. And when he goes on his phone via Bluetooth, it's whenever this whenever this dude walks into the room, dude, this is amazing. Why would it you to be the best sitcom? Whenever this dude walks into the room, his dad's phone shows a new set of a new set of wireless headphones. Appear on his Bluetooth, and he has to convince his dad. He has to convince his dad every day. He's not. He's not a set of headphones. Tell me that's not the best sitcom ever. Why are you complaining, Dad? I told you once. I've told you twice. I am not headphones. He's trying to log in. The son's all. Uh, uh, uh. He starts singing Bruno Mars. He's like, oh no. 
Oh, it's hilarious. This one person goes on about their 84... These are all in one day. I didn't have to scroll. I just looked at, like... I didn't even look at the top. I just looked at the newest posts. These are all posted within the past day. One of them, their grandma started buying survival. The 84-year-old grandma starts buying survival gear. She has a little compass. A little little mirror for signaling in the outdoors. Hilarious. I wish my dad thought I was a pair of headphones. And it goes on and on and on from there. So let's bring that back to the madness of many thing here. And we'll wrap this up like that. This is basically how it goes. If you believe that your son is a pair of headphones, that is insane. And it is insane, right? I think we can all agree that if you think that your son is injected with 5G particles, that is nuts. But the idea of a shared delusional, which was what Q would be classified as, a shared delusional disorder, it is spread. It is something that you would not have otherwise if you had not listened to this leader, who would be Q in this case, and generally happens in times of uh, social anxiety and social isolation. So stress and social isolation, which we've seen a huge explosion of conspiracy theorists in the past 18 months because of the COVID lockdowns. You're stressed. You don't have any other peer groups you can really talk to. You're on the internet all the time. The last time we had an explosion this big was back, I would say, 9-11. It's not a pun of the buildings blown up. I mean, conspiracy theory explosion. So we have this shared delusional disorder. Here's the caveat, though, and this is actually written into the definition of shared delusional disorder. It is only insane if most people don't agree with it. It has nothing to do with whether or not the belief itself is nuts. It has to do with the amount of people who believe in the insane belief. Because if you think about it, most of the things we believe in don't make sense. They really don't. And I mean, sure, like we believe that you hit a gas pedal on a car, the car goes faster. There are certain things that do make sense. But I'm talking about life after death. I'm talking about religious principles. Follow these rules and you will go to paradise. Don't follow these rules and you will go to eternal damnation. But it's my rule, my religion's rules, not your religion's rules. Those ones are all messed up. Mine are the right ones. When you step back from it, it it doesn't make much sense. They may be good rules for us to follow through life. But we're making a lot of assumptions about heaven and hell and things like this and what happens in the afterlife. If there is even an afterlife, ghosts and Bermuda Triangles and all this stuff, all the fun stuff, right? All the fun, meaningful stuff. If less people believed in it, it would get you locked up. That's 100% true. If less people believed in your religion or believed in your paranormal beliefs, people would out and out call you insane. People do think people who hunt ghosts and are into all that stuff are nutty to begin with. And think about the sea change we've seen just recently in my lifetime. People who believed in UFOs, they were writing books for a very particular audience and everyone else thought people who believed in UFOs were nuts. And now UFO, you constantly, you can't read the newspaper without a week going by and they're doing articles on UFOs. Now you would start to be considered insane if you didn't believe aliens exist. People would be like, really? You think in the whole universe there's not any aliens? And you'd be like, well, the idea is still weird. But more people are starting to believe in the existence of UFOs, so therefore you're starting to become a weirdo if you don't. You'll hear people go, well, sure, I believe in UFOs. There's unidentified objects. I just don't think they're... You have to start to introduce all of these side notes. 
Whereas before, people would be like, what? No, little green men, you're nuts. You need to stop reading comic books, you big old weirdo. Just in my lifetime, we've seen that shift. It's only insane if not everyone believes in it. This is the actual caveat they have written into this. It is. So, it cannot be something, quote, ordinarily accepted by other members of the person's culture or subculture, unquote. It doesn't have to be global. Just in your subculture. Think about this. In rural China, I don't know if they still do this, but in rural China at a time, you, you they bound women's feet. They wanted the girls to have petite feet. And that was considered normal. If I did that to my daughters in America, they'd lock me up. They'd call it child abuse. They'd lock me up. It's interesting, though. I can send my daughter. I don't have daughters, thankfully. But I could send my daughters to ballet class and they could damage their feet all they wanted. They could damage their feet till kingdom come. That, that's fine. In the ballet community, it's acceptable to be in foot pain. Terrible foot pain. Bizarre. It's only insane if not everyone believes in it. And it doesn't have to, again, be a worldwide thing in your subculture. It's only insane. So the people who make the rules deciding what's insane have carved out an exception for themselves and for most of society and said that other groups are insane. At what point do we get to when people go, oh, the world is ruled by reptilians, when a, a mass amount of people do? It's growing. It is growing. More people believe that now than honestly I ever thought would. I mean, it's blowing up. So what happens when more people believe that reptilians, reptilian shapeshifters rule the planet? What happens when the world changes so radically that most people believe in something you know is false? You know it. And you've watched it slowly take over society. You know it's not true. Do you start to question your own belief and go, maybe they're right? How could I be so wrong? How could I be so wrong? Do you say, you know what? It's just easier to go along with the belief. I know it's fake, but I'm just going to pretend that it's not. If anyone asks me about it, I'll agree with it. But I, I know it's not real. Or do you continue to stand and fight? But see, now you're the lunatic. Now you're the person who doesn't believe in the consensus. Reality is consensus. And I meant that on a metaphysical level, but it is also a very social level. If everyone agrees with something and you don't, you are out of order. You are chaos. And when you stand against order, you pay the price. Even if the chaos was order, chaos was the truth just a few years ago. Reality is consensus, but that doesn't always mean it has to make sense. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.